Whoopity, skippity, doobity, fuckity do. After about 500 of these, I think it's time that I do something special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's going to be a weird one. Um, realistically, I had a topic that I was going to cover, which was a uh, anime that could use a remaster. But I decided to change it up and put it on something since it was special. And uh, right now, it's since a... Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, why wouldn't it be a perfect time to talk about something that is essentially very um, current uh, and happening in the now. What's the here's the now? What's the hats? Um, and it's One Piece. Yay. Now, I have figured out that I am an uber One Piece fan. Uh, I won't buy the books, but I do have some of them downloaded. Uh, <laughs> I own music from their albums. That isn't opening or ending songs. Trust me. Whenever you get there, you got it bad. Um, the same way with Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> but uh, as much as I don't want to admit it, like I am a big fan of One Piece. Um, but that does not mean that I think it's perfect. Now, there is a common theme within anime aficionados nowadays where a lot of these motherfuckers like to... Um, think that their anime is essentially this pristine, holier-than-thou show. And that's just fucking weird. Um, that's just, on all accounts, weird, right? Um, so, oh, God, my chair's still broken. Um, <laughs> but uh, One Piece, to me, is something that is generally very good. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good, very well-done um, show. Um, well, uh, anime and manga. Uh, there are major differences between the anime and the manga. Uh, the manga is better paced than the anime is, like, big time. Uh, the anime does have basically wonderful action scenes and um, kind of makes a lot of what happens within One Piece really come to life um, rather than what the manga initially does. Uh, you know, you can't really get all of the little details that uh, aren't really there from the fluid motion within uh, within the manga that you get with it, anime. Uh, this also could be said with like Dragon Ball Z, where the fight scenes will typically be just steel panels and flashes, but in the anime, bam! Mm, the greatest anime of all time right there. <laughs> but with One Piece, I wish to talk about the Wano art. Now, within the manga, the Wano arc is over with. And right now in the anime, it is nearing its conclusion. Like, it's almost there, realistically. Um, it's not that far off. But, um, so I thought that this would be a perfect time to actually talk about um, a topic that has been on my head for a while. Which is, why the Wano arc is a bad arc. Yeah, that pause was was on purpose. <laughs> um, how do I, how do I approach this? the The thing is, is that basically One Piece arcs can be summarized within three um, three acts, uh, and that is the first act, second act, and then um, no, actually four acts really. 
first act, second act, third act, and then the um, you can either say the prelude because it's leading into the next thing, or the um, the reprise, which is like essentially the ending and it's kind of summarizing everything that happens. Typically, the last act is what's is showcasing what else has been going on in the world of One Piece while the main characters were dealing with whatever it is they were dealing with within the current arc. Um, you kind of get a feel for other events going on within the manga because of the chapter covers, which I feel that the anime kind of misses out on in terms of making a filler out of, because then it wouldn't, it wouldn't actually be a filler, but instead would just be um, a very out of place uh, anime uh, a very out of place episode about something that realistically other people probably wouldn't even give a second thought to. So uh, Wano has the same thing. Now, a lot of people tend to argue that a lot of people have issues with every current arc of One Piece because essentially it falls into the same um, plot devices and things like that, or, or basically it's the same formula all over again. That's not the problem. Um, and it, and to be frank, if you cannot understand or you cannot conceive the general misgivings within particular arcs, then I dare to say that you are one of those people who essentially consider One Piece to be far too pristine than it actually is. Because it's not. One Piece has a multitude of fucking problems. Uh, a huge plethora of problems. That doesn't mean I don't like it, but I still... I still call shit for, for being shit. Um, so with that being the case, it, uh, my mic is starting to fuck up. Uh, <laughs> with that being the case, I would like to contend that like, yes, there is nothing wrong with, um, I have no issues with the fact of the arc system being set up or cut up into the acts and the parts that they are cut up in. Um, nor do I consider the general motif of those acts and how they're played out to be the, um, you know, to be an issue as well, whether it be the intro to the world and showcasing wherever place that they're at. And then the magistry and the mystery of what, of whatever it is going on. The second act being essentially the downside part of whatever the main characters are doing, um, to where they basically met their match to whatever Island they're at. And then like, now they're finally coming to terms with who they need to beat how they need to defeat them, and then thinking of the plan on how to do it. Um, and then the third act being basically everyone splitting up. Um, they're going to the final destination of the fights or whatever. Everyone's splitting up, fighting their um, respectable uh, person that they're supposed to fight, then conjoining back together to defeat them. Uh, well, Luffy beats the big bad, and then they end with everyone happy, and then they move on to the next island. That's how every fucking island in Ark in One Piece ends. Every single damn one doesn't miss a beat, not once. It's the same damn thing. But that is not a problem. That is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. That's like being upset at Death Note for having Light Tom um, say things and you can eat, like you can hear his thoughts. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. It's just how that's just how the cookie crumbles with this series. That's it. That's all that it is. But having the skeletal structure of their arc system be repeated is not a negative. The negative is what I'm going to get into detail with 
is what they do. Most of the arcs and most of the stories, even though essentially the bare bones of it is similar, a lot of the things that go on is a lot different, whether it be the characters that they're facing, the friends, um, you know, the, the characters that are the enemies, the intrigue behind them, as well as the overall threat that they possess, as well as the general um, reasoning and logic behind why they want to defeat this um, enemy or uh, the overall concept as to what the characters do in terms of defeating them whether it be they get a power up, whether it be they just kind of expand on that which they've already done so far. Just there's a multitude of different elements that get, that come into play that exclude any type of a boring aspect from the repetition that comes with the one piece um, structure. It's there's a no fault on their on um, each other's part whatsoever with this. But Within the Wano arc, I have seen and surmised basically a great deal of things that have caught my attention that essentially I just felt made this arc literally the worst, like one of the worst arcs within One Piece. Um, another terrible arc would possibly be, eh, if I had to think of one, oh, Jesus Christ, now nah, nah, I think about it like, kind of want to say Wano was like the worst one. Uh, just, just cause. Ugh. <laughs> it's like, ugh. it's just, just, it makes my skin crawl when I think about it. Wano was so bad. Um, Jesus Christ. I really can't think of anything else. Uh, yeah, I think this is the worst arc in One Piece. <laughs> um, so much shit is said and done next position for the, for everything else that goes on. Oh yeah, for sure. But, just overall, no. So let's just get into it. Ten minutes in, <laughs> quit beating around the bush, boy. So let's get into it. Why do I think, or why the Wano arc is a bad arc in One Piece? Uh, number one, the copycat story. Now the sections of the arc, and then the bear, and then the, like I said, the skeletal structure of how the um, acts are played out is never a problem. The story that's consistent within this um, arc is the problem. Everything about Wano is a copycat of Alabasta, Dressrosa, and Sky Island put together. Now, those three arcs themselves are different, while as Wano is all of them mashed together. Alabasta, you had the concept of essentially them helping out the royal at the time who's trying to... Um, get back their power and dealing with the civil war and dress rosa you kind of have the same thing go on but <laughs> um you had it but um unlike with alabaster where crocodile was basically just a known figure within alabaster he wasn't the actual one in charge of everything like in dress rosa with um uh mingo uh now with Mango and Dressrosa, you kind of had an overall plan where it was leading up to everything that he was doing um, because he was such a, um, well, the Straw Hats themselves became an involuntary threat to him because they were actively um, messing up his plans and going against the things that he already had in play. Now, with Crocodile and Alabasta, remember how essentially they came after them. Remember the first place on the little Misty Peaks um, Island when you first came into the Grand Line was full of bounty hunters and essentially is Baroque Works. 
And then upon finding out what Baroque Works is and then dealing with the stuff that they deal with while they were there, they just got a hit on them from Baroque Works and then thus became an enemy of Crocodile. And then shit kept happening to where it just kept um, building it up more and more and more as to why they need to confront Crocodile. He is a problem. And then also they became friends with Vivian. So whatever her bullshit was, they had to take it on as well. Now with Dressrosa, they were actively doing shit that was fucking with Mingo. And then because of that, it got to the point where they became, uh, they basically made the uh, the deal with um, Law. They got together, they destroyed the smile factories and all that. They put the rightful kings, um, the rightful king of Dressrosa back into power and all that. It's not exactly the same as Alabaster, but it played out a hell of a lot different and it had different things going for it that basically made the story similar but somewhat fresh and then you have with sky island which again um <laughs> is another leader who's the big bad in control of everything um being dethroned and then the new leader being put back into play god they use that shit a lot <laughs> jesus christ oh damn it man <laughs> um but with sky island you didn't have basically the little foresight leading up to this uh, final confrontation like you did with Alabaster and Dressrosa, Sky Island's arc is generally just a closed-knit arc. It's That's it. It's just that part. It wasn't anything that was happening um, earlier on that led into the Sky Island stuff. Hell, the whole Nolan the Liar stuff and the gold thing was more so just the confirmation of a dream being realized rather than it was as an overall threat or a thing that needs to get done towards... Um, uh, in Europe. So I I would say that Sky Island is handled a hell of a lot different. Um, much like everything else, you have a civil war. You kind of have a battle going on. It's a civil war, basically, just like when um, Alabasta. Um, but at the same time, you don't really get the um, you don't really get like the severity of the Straw Hats being integral towards uh stopping and defeating this person like what you did with Dressrosa and Alabaster because of the fact that essentially Sky Island was such a close-knit thing. There was so much riding on the whole dream factor. Like, realistically, when you're looking at Sky Island, you kind of forget the whole Nolan the Liar aspect. Even that flashback was kind of, like, shoehorned into the story, but ultimately was unnecessary upon watching or reading the, um, the book. But you just got a feel and was like, well, this is explaining why this land is up in the sky. But afterwards, it's like, who gives a fuck? Um, wasn't necessary. And then generally, it kind of boiled down as to finding out how Eniru got all the gold. And that basically became the only important factor of why the land was up in the air. Like, who gives a fuck or why Wifer and them were fighting and whatnot? Like, they were so unimportant to everything else that was going on. It was weird. It was very weird. And then Iniru was such a such a fucking threat. I mean, seriously, one of the strongest Logias um, that has ever been introduced within One Piece. But it just kind of sullied and didn't have that same overwhelming Doom presence that they did with both Crocodile and Mingo because they were making moves happen outside of the um, to titular island that they generally everything uh, came to this conclusion on. So you never really got that from Sky Island. But at the same time, 
what Wano, like bringing it back finally, with Wano, it's essentially the worst of all of those arcs combined together into one arc. You, again, have a person who essentially is supposed to be the leader of the island, and the Straw Hats are now responsible for putting them back on the seat of power and then working with whatever underground unit wishes to see them back in power, uh, helping them put them back in power. You get the same Civil War battle of a small-knit um, group of people, like from Sky Island, done in the little um, Onigashima island that they had in Wano, where uh, I, everyone's partying and the samurai come. Ugh, samurais. I'll get to that later. <laughs> um you also have, much like with Alabasta, the ridiculousness of the person who's essentially screaming for um, screaming for the straw hats to help them out so they can take charge of the situation at hand. Ultimately, having this pathetic character be someone who you don't actually give that much of a damn about, but the series itself has no other choice but to kind of force feed you their importance. And then realistically, you kind of... Once, once they're gone and everything is done with, you kind of basically is like, oh yeah, and since the series, since the show lost interest in this, in this character, I now lose interest in this character. Because they were never fucking interesting in the first place. But Oda has a tendency to force feed you a bunch of shit and characters because he thought them up, he liked them, so he's putting them everywhere. But it doesn't mean that they're good. doesn't mean that they're well-written. doesn't mean that they're well-developed. Hell, um, Momotaru is really a pathetic, is a pathetic um addition to the characters that essentially ask Luffy for help. Uh boy can't fight. Boy ain't worth any damn. Uh he ain't really got no ambition or drive. It's really the samurai retainer people forcing him the role of Odin. Hell, there's never even a sense of him thinking or having an opinion that maybe I don't want to become the shogun of Wano. Maybe I shouldn't. Like there's there's not none of that being done because it's everything's just thrust upon him. Hell even in the arc itself, they just grow this motherfucker up to be appropriate age of a shogun. How stupid is that? I mean, the fact that instead of it being where they were chased from their land and they just been in banishment for a couple of years, they made it to where it was like a 20-year time skip. That way they can sit there and show the importance of Odin. And again, another person I'm going to get into later, but it just ultimately was just kind of hand over fist in... I'm I'm telling you this is important. I'm telling you this is important. But in the grand scheme of everything, it's not really. It wasn't really important. Hell, it would have made more sense for the leader of the fucking Yakuza people to become the shogun of um of Wano or the person the Damyo or whoever it is that's supposed to be in charge or whatnot, than it would have been for Momotaru, who was a scared little kid who barely was able to do anything. But just because you had him overcome his fear within the arc. It's subsequent is supposed to establish that no, this still is a grand accomplishment and whatnot. I mean, hell, the uh, added drama towards everything going on within the third arc was also just so and so ridiculous and, and just unnecessary. But it it happened. <laughs> it, it it fucking happened. I mean, the click like with the other arcs, you have essentially the same kind of things boiling down where it's getting to the point where the shit that they're doing is pretty far-fetchedly cliche and cliche in the bad way. I mean, it, it just, it, it just wasn't original anymore. With Dressrosa, you had 
um, Mingo put up the birdcage where he essentially was going to kill everyone on the island. That way no one wouldn't find out the secret of what he did on Dressrosa, which made sense. With Alabaster, you had it to where Crocodile had a bomb in place to where he would kill both the Civil War soldiers and the people and the um, soldiers of Alabaster. That way, essentially, all that would be left would be the Baroque Works people and himself so he can then take over Alabaster and claim and name himself king. Within Sky Island, and Nehru no longer had any use for the Sky Islands, and it was known that he destroyed his own before. So then he was just going to repeat that same process after he had finished his arc to which he was going to travel to the endless Varsorn. So he was going to just wipe out all of the Sky Island. Those things are similar, but their reasoning and the logic and the concepts behind all of them were fairly different. With Wano, you kind of had it to where just out of nowhere they pull a rabbit out of the ass and they're like, there's a bunch of bombs at the bottom of the Onigashimo and then you're like, it's floating up in the air. So I guess that means that it's a a floating bomb now and then just uh, the painter nigga just decided to make him his spirit inside a fire and then the fire is slowly dripping through the castle and it's going to hit the bombs and then it's going to explode and then when that happens kaido is going to drop the island on top of the flower capital killing all of those people for no reason <laughs> like there's no reason it's just similar to the bomb idea that um to the bomb idea that Crocodile had. It's similar to the idea of killing everybody like with um, Mango and as well as just wanting to uh, assert dominance over the fact that he got what he wanted like in Sky Island. And that just is pathetic to me. It really gave no depth or complexity towards the character of Kaido, nor did it do anything to establish or to make him seem far more of a threat of a character. It just was the same shit that they did in those prior arcs. And that is just a, a complete ridiculous notion of a copycat. Like it, It's like, why would you have to go so hard and to do that? It be Rather than being a plot point or to be something that was fairly interesting, rather like with Alabasta actually having the Straw Hats go looking for the bomb, um, which was buying time for Crocodile as well as wasting time for... Um, getting the soldiers and whatnot then you have in vivi kind of do stupid shit trying to think that she can stop the you know uh whoever her friend name was i can't remember because it don't matter um trying to stop him but at the same time not coming to the realization or basically going back in her old ways much like when she had the fight with luffy earlier that it's not about stopping your friends from fighting you gotta stop crocodile crocodile is the problem you gotta stop him and essentially having it to wear with dressarosa it was generally Mingo tricked the entire fucking world to instill that he still had power in Dressrosa. Like the man sent out a fake newsletter that went all over the world to make sure that no one knew what the fuck he had going on. When like that's that's how deeply rooted this man had with connections and to make sure he kept his power. He was a bad motherfucker. And so the idea of him just wiping out all the life on Dressrosa was something that was just an easy thing for him to be able to do. Hell, even the fucking Gravity Admiral nigga wasn't capable of stopping what was going on. And then it took basically his defeat in order for everything to stop. But it wasn't done under the same notion like with Crocodile, where this is all a means to help me gain power with um, Mingo. It was more so this is to make sure that I don't lose it. Because after all this time that I spent trying to amass it, I can't lose it. And this isn't even 
uh, equating to the fact that they already had destroyed his smile factory, possibly put him on a shit list for Kaido in the first place because they destroyed the fucking smile factory. All a bunch of plethora of things that just kind of fucked with whatever he had going on. And essentially just like kind of putting him to this brink where his last ditch effort is to just wipe all evidence of everything that went on in Dress Rosa so he could just start over. Uh, and then you have with the Sky Island where essentially the the hubris that Eniru had, because he was one of my favorite, he's one of my favorite One Piece villains, but the hubris that that man had to the point where he called himself God and his power itself being that fucking unstoppable at that time, um, showcasing why he would have such a concept of God um, when referring to himself, even to the point of killing and, you know, getting rid of life is just a whatever thing to him. Now, Gotta uh, gotta call a spade a spade. One of the gayest things that Oda's ever done is not kill characters within his story. Like, it's one of the stupidest fucking things, and it's the weakest element of One Piece. But throughout the Skypea arc, you had multitude of people being like, uh, well, like, one of the main things being that uh, Anira was like, only five people are going to survive this little death game. And then in the end, everyone survived. So... <laughs> Shit like that um, kind of comes with the territory of the writing that is each of the Otis, but it doesn't change the fact that within Wano, they just kind of had, it was just too much of the same thing already. It wasn't any variant to it. It wasn't anything different. It was just the exact same thing. Now, it would have been fine if they just have little tweaks here and there, um, you know, like you had a half of the island basically not going under um kaido's rule hell there were a bunch of people who were genuinely um loyal to fucking uh orochi and uh people who were just adamant adamantly loyal to want um to kaido but no it was just same old same old as the other things was just everyone was completely in the mindset of like oh no they're they're the bad guys they're the bad guys and we chose to do absolutely nothing to stop them just absolutely nothing. So it really, really was bad. Um, really, really was bad. And it just kind of did nothing in terms of the overall story. It just, it just sucked. <laughs> it just sucked so goddamn much. Um, number two, downgrading the straw hats. Um, the one of the biggest issues that is within Wano upon watching it. Um, and I feel as if this was done to try and help out the anime rather than be something that was coherent from the manga. This is just a personal opinion on this aspect. But the addition to so many characters introduced within Wano, whether it be the close network of people behind Orochi, as well as the multitude of um, people a part of the Animal Kingdom Pirates, and all of the samurais um, that were um, Odin's old retainers, as well as all of the uh, all of the um, people that existed within Wano prior that basically respect were respected figures or high-ranking officials under um, Odin's father's rule before Orochi came into power. There was just way too many elements of people that were introduced. Um, in the fucking beginning of Wano, for there to have made for it to have made any any cognitive sense, right? For them to actually be important. I mean, hell, they even introduced a multitude of characters that were in the prison 
that eventually break out and help out with the um the little battle that they have and every and everything but with all of these characters being showcased and introduced you have way too many moments where these people's entire plan revolves around the straw hats coming into power um coming into play and actually doing something and yet you just have way too many people downplay and downtrot these characters whether it be that they look um they look down on their powers and abilities or they just kind of surmise that the samurais were just the greatest thing ever like it it's it got so it gets so fucking annoying when you kept hearing and, and seeing that the arc itself would refer to the samurais as just these great powerhouses that like everyone in the world of one piece is sleeping on and it's disturbing it's very disturbing when you understand and when you put together the fact that these people are the ones asking for help. So what the fuck? I mean, I mean, even when Kaido refers and talks to these people, he makes it seem as if like, yes, like they were that badass. But then it's like, well, once you killed Odin, then they just all bitched up. So what happened then? Did not a goddamn thing. Like, so you can't have your cake and eat it too. Okay. And then by having these characters be referred to in such a manner, all it does is essentially downplay a majority of what happens with the Straw Hats. And literally, you got a bunch of characters being put on the back burner to where, like, their roles just ultimately didn't matter. Usopp, for one, is a major character that did that, especially considering the fact that he was kind of growing into his own. Well, they barely had him do anything during the Dressrosa arc, but it was kind of showcasing that he might have observation haki. And rather than expand on that, you kind of just had him driving the tank a majority of this heart. He was just one of the little operatives that was gathering intelligence the entire time during Wano. Then he said his piece when whatever happened. And then they moved on. He didn't do anything in the entire arc. He doesn't do nothing. So it, it it's just, it was, it's just that bad, right? So it, you have it to where, there's an abundance of characters that they showcase, whether it be the fucking Yakuza people, the samurai people, the other samurais that have been there the whole time. All of these other factors held the, um, uh, Momotaru's little sister, the people guarding Momotaru's sister, uh, just uh, the fucking fox that was keeping um, all the goddamn swords and everything. It wanted to romanticize this arc so badly to make it to where all these things just so happen to come together slowly as a foretelling of them being able to finally come back after a 20-year absence. But there was nothing to it. Unlike the other arcs with the buildup from like Alabaster and um, Dressrosa with like the, the coming badness of the character, uh, hell, even Whole Cake Island did this correct um, well with uh, Big Mom while having her be a known threat as a Yonko stated early on but then also having it to where you had the issue of um, the Mermaid Islands coming into play and then finally being showcased in like damn near the middle of Dressrosa as something that's going to be an issue, as well as Sanji's departure. Just keeping you on edge to whatever was happening with the rest of the Straw Hats up until that point. But with Wano and what they've been doing with these characters, like I said, hell, even with the, um, the Zoas, um, being implemented as well you just had an abundance of characters that just basically seem like what exactly do you need the straw hats for if you have all of these people on your fucking side why are the straw hats being involved in this bullshit 
Wano seemed it was such a close knit, who gives a fuck, <laughs> of a situation that it, it it's disgusting when you think about it in in terms of how they acted towards the Straw Hats when they desperately needed their help as badly as they did. Yet at the same time, they're supposed to be this granddaddy of a force in the first place, and they weren't. I mean, hell, for a multitude, a bunch of the people basically were already ready to fucking rise up and revolt. But you just had that one group of samurais that did it one time, like 10 years too early, and they all got fucking killed. But realistically, looking at how many people were actually around in Wano that were willing to fight and are capable of fighting and um, able to actually do so much fucking damage, if you did have um, Momotaru and his vassals and whatnot around, you... You kind of don't need Luffy and the rest of them. I mean, hell, the samurai people were capable of cutting Kaido. And that's supposed to be a big, like, hurting him is supposed to be a big fucking deal. And this is before Big Mom showed up with her people. So, I mean, like, well, her and her son, because only her and her, um, like, uh, Pedos Pero are actually doing something. There's going to be a lightning strike. But, um, uh, but still kaboom like i said <laughs> um but still it it just made no sense that there would be so much within the series where they were just talking down about them hell making it to where luffy has to go through this entire crazy training aspect when it came towards him learning how to just do another thing with his haki you ha you enabled it that essentially the samurai people just push themselves to do it as well when it would have made sense if they've been trying to teach Luffy that technique this entire time. And then he just finally mastered it when he did get to the prison, but instead just to give him a little sense of training. So we can try to establish that he's growing a little bit stronger. You just throw this in at the last minute during the second, um, in like the second half of the series. And it's fucking stupid. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, we call it Ryuo. Well, it's hockey. And they're like, yeah, but we call it Ryuo. And so now when he does it, because the anime is so fucked up, Whenever he does the techniques, they basically glorify it and they romanticize the goddamn thing. But essentially, they've shown this shit earlier and there is no image towards it. It's just hockey. It's just hockey that reverberates a hit. That's it. It's just basically having a protective layer of hockey around you that is a more intense version of armament, if you will. But it's so finite that it doesn't necessarily need to be um, showcased or hardened. It's just... I'm covered. I'm protected. Hell, Big Mom had the exact same thing. She had the exact same problem. And yet, rather than have Luffy essentially deal with Katakuri and then go, don't worry, like after he made the, the statement that he was going to beat Big Mom eventually one day as well, why not have it to where he's been systematically training or trying to figure out a way to get past that issue that he had with Big Mom? Oh, no. No, no, no. Let's just wait until he gets knocked the fuck out by Kaido and then when he goes to the prison, now he's starting to think about it. I mean, the fuck? It's <laughs> just the fuck. Hell, he was doing nothing but helping the old guy that used to be the leader of all the Yakuza's within Wano. All he did was help him, be nice to him, and was kind to him. And immediately, you just had all of the people who respected the old man just talk shit to Luffy upon their escape from the prison. And it made absolutely no goddamn sense. I don't know. They're, they're so unimportant. That they just showed them getting turned into the little ice oni because of Queen's little plague thing. And it doesn't matter. A bunch of them be crying. A bunch of them be sad. They don't want to die and whatnot. And who cares? 
It's some of the worst dribble that you could possibly have seen written by anybody. And it's just unbelievably dumb. They, they, these characters make absolutely no sense, especially if the only significance that you're going to make them have is that they're making the main characters seem like shit. Oy. Now, this isn't to say that throughout all of Wano, all they're doing is just dogging and ragging on them, but realistically, with so many excess characters, you really give none of the One Piece, um, one of the Straw Hats, any time to shine or to do anything significant within the story. You're kind of basing this all off of what the Samurais are doing, the Vassals are doing, the Yakuza people, the Beast King Pie, a whole bunch of motherfuckers who do not matter. And it's just dumb. It's just so fucking dumb. Ugh. Another one. Uh, this one is kind of a personal. Well, not personal. It's just something to where, if you know, then you know. Like, but take heat to it. Um, number three. Well, I guess yeah. Uh, tricky anime adaptation. Keeping the hype up. Um, the anime adaptation of Wano is terrible. Uh, the arc itself is already a trudge to go through just reading the manga, but the anime made it a thousand times worse. Now, this this isn't the first time this has happened. The anime arc of Whole Cake, of the Whole Cake Island um, uh, arc, was abysmal as well. Um, and considering that my favorite fight in One Piece is still Katakuri versus Luffy, um, before then it was, um, Luchi versus Luffy, which was literally the fight that got me invested into one piece. Um, you know, I used to watch it back when it came on fucking Foxbox and I was just like, Ooh, anime. Uh, I was just there in a Ooh, anime phase. But then upon learning about the Luchi versus Luffy fight, I was like, it's going to get like this. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, but the whole cake Island arc as an anime sucked. There was a multitude of different things that essentially were, um, they just they just added in so much ridiculous, unnecessary filler, whether it be also um, just unnecessary fight scenes, a, a multitude of like Luffy getting his ass kicked by these no-name characters that don't, don't even exist um, just to beat them in the sense of beating them, or completely um, missing the point in the manga where essentially a, a situation was left open-ended to just hype and to just um, emphasize the intensity of the moment rather than to showcase like, oh, no, Luffy just got beat up right here. You know, and it was like, oh, you don't. But it's like it was in the manga. It was a, a sense of you don't really know what took place, but you have a feel of what took place. While in the anime, it's let's show what it is that happened in slow, arduous detail with absolutely no uh, symbolism of context whatsoever completely ruining the artistic and the creativity that was done within the manga, but instead just having something to fill in for time for the anime. Unbelievably fucking stupid. And Wano has this in droves. Like, this shit is all over the place. There have been so many random-ass Beast Kingdom pirates who do not fucking matter, or don't even exist for that matter, pop up and become an actual living threat for Luffy. Luffy of all people. Jesus Christ. If you're going to do shit like this, why not be more creative with it? Why not actually show the characters who don't do anything within this arc 
do something for once in a while, rather than have them all bunched together and talking with the samurais about their bullshit past. Instead, have them deal with the Beast Kingdom um, people who are running around just causing a ruckus and whatnot. No, then, then why the fuck would you even downplay Luffy like that? Which goes back into the downgrading the straw hats in general but ultimately it was just an unnecessary aspect towards filler there were multiple episodes within one of where segments that essentially were like a chapter long would have been like a like a like i believe the consensus is that three chapters of a manga can make one episode of an anime if you truly were to do it correctly three chapters of a manga can make one episode of an anime and within the Wano arc, you got beat for beat. So one chapter became one episode. Now, you would ask yourself, how could you possibly turn one episode into one? How could you turn one chapter into one episode when three can fill up one? This is where this retarded concept of stretching comes into play. And this is in fault of basically the showrunners for the anime as well as Toy Animation, who are the cheapest fucks when it comes to anime in the world. Motherfuckers got money hand over fist, but they do some of the cheapest, dumbest shit when it comes to like their big budget or like their money makers. And it's so retarded. Look at the early versions of Dragon Ball Super. This is something that they prepared for. They knew this shit was coming. And then when you see like the early renditions of Dragon Ball Super, when that shit came on television, you have to, you wonder, why the fuck would Toei do this? They have an animation tape. They have multitude of studios under their belt that can do actual good work. Why would they release shit like this? They just do. And so you saw that all the time. In the anime for one, um, in the anime of One Piece during the Wano arc, and the shit is disgusting. There's a part where Luffy is fighting a sumo wrestler, a fucking sumo wrestler, and in the manga, basically, it, it ain't nothing because it happens quicker than a flash, and he just show, goes to showcase Luffy, um, showing his power, and it's like whatever. But in the anime, oh my god, that nigga was damn near as strong as Kaido, and it's so fucking stupid that you can't possibly wrap your head around why they would go through so much trouble as to involve themselves with such crazy scrutiny in that regard. They literally have a part when he's fighting a sumo wrestler, he turns his hand into, um, he does uh, basically uh, third gear, so he makes his hand giant. So, because the sumo wrestler is really big and really fat, and uh, Luffy makes his hand giant, and then essentially both of their hands are like equal, and they're pushing each other to get out of the ring. Luffy eventually pushes the dude out of the ring, but essentially, you just had it to where when the people of Wano witnessed Luffy's power, they were unaware that someone was that strong was there, let alone someone who was willing to help them, especially when they've been suppressed for so long. So again, easy, quick sentiment that goes over within the manga. like that, it like it just, It's like that. Nothing. Um, hell, they have it to where when they clash, everyone is amazed at what's happened. There's a, oh, you know, you just show different faces of all the people that they've shown um, at that time be amazed at the clash itself. And then the and then the sumo wrestler loses. In the anime, they have a close-up shot of every single fucking person that was in that manga uh, page that had their face blown up to show that they witnessed the clash. Rather than copy what the manga did, they just had a close-up of every single one 
while the fist in the clash was still going, showing like a little struggle situation going on, which also doesn't make sense in terms of how energy and power and force works. But then it just was like, oh, oh, this shit went on forever. And then when it was finally over, when they finally finished closing up on all these people, and there had to be no more than 10 different characters, right? And then upon them finally showcasing that, you see the big dude get tossed out the ring, and then it's just overly abundance of him flipping and flying and people explaining the situation of what's going on because exposition, hey, he got knocked out the ring. Did, the, did that little guy push him out? You saw how big his hand got. What was that? Oh my goodness. He's one of Odin. He's one of um, Orochi's people. Oh, it, it, and it was just unbelievable. And it's like, why are you doing this? What do you gain from doing this? What? <laughs> There's so many other things that you could possibly do to stretch out what's going on that would benefit the series in general. But instead, they choose some of the worst shit imaginable. And it is terrible. And it has been consistently heightened within the Wano arc. Like I said, this shit is all over in um, the whole Cake Island arcs as well. But in the Wano arc, it is uh, peak disgusting. Damn, I hate it. Uh, now another one. Uh, it, uh, it just, it, it just, oh my goodness. It's so ridiculous. I mean, they even have fucking um they they even go out of their way to exclude like a multitude of like the blood and shit like that with from the anime and i get that censorship in japan and constant shit like that and it's like i get it they've been doing that with one piece for years but there are certain situations within the story that you kind of can't get away from whether it be a bunch of characters that get killed or a bunch of characters that kind of self-sacrifice and get fucked up and things like that which again wano has in droves and then the anime just goes in the most uncreative manner whatsoever to try and work itself around that concept. And it does not work. And then it's like, it's ridiculous because they've done it before and it has worked. So why is it that now you keep fucking up? God damn it. Who, who does this? Why do this? There's just such a huge difference from, and then it's, it's such a huge difference from the anime to the manga. And again, it ruins the pacing completely because of this, making the anime damn near unfucking watchable. I find myself when I watch the anime fast forwarding through so much shit because I know it's bullshit and I know it's nonsense. There's like, I look at some of the fights, I look at some of the situations. Hell, there's been multiple times where things have been said within the anime, and like, like always, and I was like, oh, I wasn't aware of that, or I didn't catch that when I was reading it. But when it comes to just general nonsense, the anime, like, I, I damn near am watching, I'm watching a 30-minute episode, and I'm only probably retaining nine minutes. Because you skip the first five because that's a stupid-ass opening. Like, the, the opening that they're playing right now for the ending is terrible. The, the, the one all our openings have been terrible. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you skip, like, five minutes because, like, like two-some for the opening and then the rest for recap. And then you finally actually get to the series um, when you get to the actual episode. And then when you get to the actual episode, it's a bunch of bullshit. Ugh. Why? <laughs> Why do they do this? 
they already do so much in order to cut down the episode's runtime in the first place, but then they add in a bunch of unnecessary filler after the fact, and you just gotta wonder, what the fuck is wrong with everybody? Like, Wano is so bad. Damn. Uh, what's another one? Yeah, tricky anime adaptation, keeping the hype up. Oh, well, I guess I should, um, I didn't really, uh, emphasize on the keeping the hype up aspect. I was kind of going more so on the difference between anime and the manga, but, um, keeping the hype up, what exactly does that mean? Like that, like I said, in terms of the pacing, the pacing of Wano in the manga, like for what it's leading up to, it's fine. It's just that it, it's, it's bad. Right. And it's like, like I said, like, it's just that the story itself is bad. But the pacing of it within the manga is fine. The things that they're doing, it, it, that's what that's what's needed to be done to get to the um to get to the overall ending that they desire. It's just that the ending and what they're doing is bad. Um, but it's like what that is fine in regards to the manga. Within the anime, there is just an abundance of shit that just makes everything unbearable, and it makes it unbearable because essentially it glorifies everything. Now, it has to glorify everything because that's another way for them to fill in the time. So you have it to where a character does a technique and then it basically everything turns into a Sailor Moon transformation. And the horribleness of that is that essentially the Sailor Moon transformations were done to save money, much like with Power Ranger transformations and Comrade transformations and shit like that. It saves money. So doing an abundance of essentially just the smallest feat, constantly being praised with this glitter-like highlighted uh epilepsy seizure nonsense every time a character just does a attack kind of defeats the purpose of the battle in itself because it doesn't make anything seem special it just seems like everything is special so you're you aren't really that well invested into what's going on because essentially even if something is all sparkly gooey-eyed and blah 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 the characters just start talking again and then it just completely destroys whatever momentum that they had being built up with what was going on. And that's disturbing. <laughs> that's incredibly disturbing. Why, why would you do that? <laughs> it's like, why, why would you do that? Again, dealing with the difference between the manga and the anime, the problem with this is not just essentially, um, boiling it down to just well the anime has just got got to do this and the manga got to do that there's a huge problem when it comes towards the people who are working on the adaptation not even really understanding the subject matter that they're adapting now you're coming into um an issue where they're not getting a lot of the nuances or some of the intrigue that the manga lays out the way that it lays it out but instead look at it as a whole that needs to be filled and they can fill it with whatever the fuck they want to when they finally do transition that over into the episodes and that's not a good thing that's not a good thing at all it's essentially reading a murder mystery and then when a character goes hmm and he walks out of a, sus a suspect's room the person who's deciding to turn this into a movie thinks i should let the audience know that this person is the killer now i'm gonna do that when they walk out the room i'm gonna show them how like hot the knife that way at the end when like so that way like i can fill in some space and some time because i didn't show them like they don't show them hide the knife within the story they just say they probably hit it and then they find it afterwards but i'm gonna show them hide it because it comes up later and then upon you actually watching 
the um, adaptation of that murder mystery, you see them hide the knife and you go, well, it ruins the murder mystery because literally the whole point of the se- of the show is that you don't know who did it. It was a goddamn who done it. So then finding out who done it when it's revealed at the end, you you already know. You're not surprised anymore. It's not interesting. It's not doing well. The hype is gone. Literally the reveal in the who done it is like the the biggest payoff. That's the orgasm. That's the climax, goddammit. <laughs> and when you fuck that up, you fucked up the whole thing. <laughs> you ever had sex and didn't come? <laughs> It makes everything you did prior stupid. (laughs) I spent how much on you and I didn't bust a nut? Fuck out of (laughs) here. That was a perfect analogy. Uh, I dare anyone to do better. (laughs) But to basically, and, and in doing that, like I said, it, it ruins so much of what basically comes up later on, especially between a lot of the fights that happen, as well as a lot of the intrigue that goes on within the series. I can easily see the anime going into Kaido's backstory where the manga didn't. It just highlighted a few key points in like a, a couple of panels just to give you a sense of who Kaido was and what he's been trying to accomplish this whole time, rather than give him a fucking backstory like they did with Big Mom. It's unnecessary, right? It, it's not something that you needed to do. It, it it wasn't integral to the story. With Big Mom, it was partially integral to the story because it land it landed on with the um the Mama Car- Caramel is that it? Caramel Chocolate? Can't remember her name. Um, to to show you the importance of her picture as well as like the tea party thing. While with with Kaido, everything has been blunt. His whole character dynamic is blunt. He's straightforward. The dude just goes after what he wants. He doesn't really give a fuck about anybody else. So when they tackled that in the manga, it was just so. And I can easily see the anime, like at this point of recording this, because I'm recording this on January 3rd, 2023, just to let you know. Um, But I can easily see the anime trying to expand on his backstory when they do get to that point in order to try to sit there and like, glorify and like um overdo the pacing and the notion of what they got going on well i said pacing not that wasn't right but the um stretch out the story because they are catching up with the manga and it's like just just so they can sit there and add in more filler it was like let's actually show kaido do these things that they just only literally mentioned within the manga because that's just that's the point of it that it was just a mention just to mention it get over it we move on i'm good Let's actually, let's show it. Let's, let's have them show it. Let's show them meet King. Let's show them make the pirate crew. Let's, let's show them be a part of the Rocks Pirates. Let's put her all together. <laughs> stupid shit. <laughs> Unnecessary stupid shit. But I can easily see the anime do that because they literally have been doing that so far. So that is another problem. And again, this is... <laughs> This is pertaining to this arc. Hopefully they can get their act right upon when they leave the Wano arc. But so far, Wano has been fucked. Royally fucked. Damn. And I'm still not done. All right. So keep on going. Ooh, next. Yamato! Yamamoto! 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 Yamato! Yamamoto! Kaido's kid. You know, the girl who wants to be a boy. 
progressive. <laughs> um, is it Yamato or Yamamoto? I'm going to say Yamato. So far, I've always been saying Yamato. And I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but uh, Yamato did not earn anything. Again, another character that just plopped out of nowhere and was given a sense of importance because the story desperately wanted to do that. And pff, you got Yamato. Now, Yamato's whole thing is that she wants to be Odin. Another character. And I'm going to get to him later. I promise you that. But Yamato is so unbelievably undeserving of even being in this fucking arc. It is disgusting whenever I talk about her. She was not a good character. She was not a well-designed character. She was not a well-connected um, character. Worse than any of the motherfuckers that were stuck in the jail cell by far. Yamato is disgusting. It is a terrible concept to have. Just out of nowhere, Kaido had a kid this whole time. Not only did she appear in the third fucking arc of the, um, in the third fucking act of the arc, but she shows up and immediately wants to be who I consider the Mary Sue of all of um, One Piece, um, who is Odin. And then, um, and then as well, just encompass the roles of gaining everyone's trust, everyone's affection, and then immediately being someone that is already a high-ranking and top priority of a person. Being um, like just Kaido's kid, already having a devil fruit that's a mystic Zoan type, um, also being capable and incredibly strong and whatnot, as well as striving to accomplish something that uh, was a character that essentially was already these amazing, great things as well. Yamato just shows up and Luffy immediately loves her because why the fuck wouldn't he? Uh, and then, and at the same time, Yamato then becomes a key figure towards every fucking little thing that transpires while they're on Onigashima. And it is unbearable. Jesus Christ. The fox would have made more sense than Yamato. <laughs> um, that was guarding the little shrine or whatever. That character would have made more sense in doing something than Yamato. Anybody. They even have Otama, the little girl who could pinch off the little uh, things off her cheeks. She could have done something. But damn it. Nope. Yamato. They just, just, just plop them down. There they go. And then immediately from the get-go, you already knew this is the character that they're going to want to join the Straw Hats. Ew. <laughs> there was no if, ands, or buts about it. This is a character that wants to and is eventually going to join the Straw Hats. Literally, everything about her character screams out, I want to join the Straw Hats. I'm going to join the Straw Hats. I, I, I copy my life based off of Odin. Odin was someone who traveled with Gold Roger upon him discovering and becoming the King of Pirates. I want to do just what Odin did. I guess that means you have to travel with Luffy because eventually Luffy is going to become the king of the pirates. I guess so. Fuck. There's no drive behind this character. There's no intrigue behind this character. Hell, they even let the bitch meet Ace. Ugh. And then they sat there and tried to make it seem sad because she had the Veer card. Because why wouldn't she? And then the Veer card was burning up. And then it was burning up and she didn't know why it was burning up. So essentially she was left in the dark about Ace's death this entire time. And she just had to mourn her friend's death without actually knowing or coming to terms with it and then it took all those all like all these years until luffy finally came there to tell her yeah ace is dead 
Also, I'm his brother. Well, happy fucking day. It's terrible. She's terrible. She's annoying. She's stupid. She's a shoehorned character in an arc that made absolutely no fucking sense and honestly has zero importance. <laughs> They've been building up the backbone towards the, the confrontation of Kaido, and honestly, it has been so unbelievably subpar and sub it, it, substandard upon other arcs that have um, transpired within One Piece. But this is this is so ridiculous. Just so ridiculous why they would go through so much scrutiny when dealing with this character. Why would they try so hard when dealing with this character? Why was she the center of attention upon her introduction? Why? There is no concrete proof behind it. They just did it. They just made her integral to everything. And it was dumb. It is dumb. Literally, if you take Yamato out of the story, what is what is lost? What exactly is lost? How much time is wasted of her trying to convince either Momotaro or Luffy that she's on their side? And then even at the end, when they're dealing with the whole little fire thing, when Onigashima is about to turn into the bomb, what was the significance of that? If you cut out the part of the bomb thing, then Yamato no longer has any purpose. Hell, you could have had a multitude of different characters be the ones that could have stopped Kaido and wasted his time upon Luffy's return when he got knocked off for Onigashima. So again, why did you need Yamato? Freaking Chinese riddle for you. <laughs> this is a this is a wonderful healing process for me because <laughs> I can't really talk about this with my friends because a bunch of them don't uh, look at One Piece. Hell, a uh, couple of them despise it, actually. <laughs> Even though it's really good. And, you know, <laughs> it's just I look at it and go, Hey, you know, you, you taste anime, it's kind of shit. <laughs> but, um, and it's like, can't really, hard to discuss this with my uh, little brother, because he's a big time One Piece fanatic. And so, generally, he just has an issue with the adaptation between the anime and the manga. But when I get into the nitty gritty of the problems, then it's like, in one ear and out the other, he don't want to hear it. And it's like, all right, dude, whatever. <laughs> But it's like, I, I just generally hate this arc. It is such a bad, terribly comprised arc. All right, uh, another one. Nepotism for Momo, uh, Momosuke, Momotaro, whoever. Um, Momo is, is a dumb character. He's a dumb character because essentially they, they introduced him as this perverse little boy. But he was a crybaby little, he was a crybaby little bitch boy. And honestly, all he's been has been this uh, character that's been carried by everyone else rather than have his own stake, claim, or wants or desires within uh, what they've showcased. Now, one of the problems with this is that, well, he's a kid. So that kind of go with a lot of stuff. Another thing is that, well, essentially, Oda has this weird issue and, um, thing with like having kids be abundance within a lot of their arcs and like the importance of their arcs and when it's like it kind of is unnecessary you remember like those three kids during the um fishman arc with them it was cool because it kind of got to show like racism early on and like stopping that shit but that was like the core theme of the whole mermaid thing so like that fit but the little girl on the Skypea arc, are you fucking sick? Like, I hate her so much. She is so goddamn annoying. And then they had her be an exposition towards hearing when people were falling and dying. 
well, they weren't dying, or when they were getting knocked out within the within the arc. So you just had this annoying little girl be around for absolutely no reason, and then she was literally there all the way till the fucking end. Ugh. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I get it. You like you like drawing the shit that you draw, and you make up the stories that you make up. But sometimes you make unbearable fucking characters. Um, and Momo is one of them. Uh, not only does do they try to compromise the fact that essentially he is a kid that was just thrust 20 years into the future while he was still a child and essentially has no stake or claim to anything within Wano. The bastard barely grew up there. Um, and yet, for some reason, he has to be the if so facto leader of all of Wano. Ain't that a bitch. But then the series essentially grow him up because he just so happens to have one of the companions that were on Wano happens to have the devil fruit that's capable of growing you up or whatever and so he just grows up 20 years older and then he becomes a big full-fledged dragon that's capable of helping out during like the final crunch um crunch time of uh of uh, the wano arc stupid that is incredibly stupid it's incredibly lazy as well especially considering the rest of the shit that's ever been done within one piece it's sad that it's so goddamn lazy but it is very goddamn lazy um, not only that, but you continuously have him be this character that essentially barely even has any rhyme or reason to want to carry on his father's footsteps. Not only is he nothing like Odin in the first place, but the kid barely has any identity of his own, aside from being perverse. And then you just having the little retainer people constantly telling him that they need to get revenge. He himself never initiates the shit. You never have him want to do it. You never have him try to showcase her um, finite that, yeah, he's deserving of being the leader of one or anything like that. Hell, literally Luffy pushes his ass to do more leadership than anyone else. And that's stupid. Because again, what is the significance behind that? It just seems like you're trying to force the Straw Hats to give a reason to give a damn. But realistically, they have no reason to give a damn. Kaido's just another person that they got to fuck with because of the fact that he has the Poneglyphs. But in terms of freeing all of Wano and helping these people, why should they care? Why do they need to? What do they gain from doing any of this? Not a goddamn thing. Not a goddamn thing. Why couldn't Wano be set up exactly like with Big Mom um, with the whole Cake Island arc? Why not have it to where the Straw Hats only want to go in and get what they want? And then upon seeing Wano and meeting the people there or then having half of the group that stayed in Wano during everything with the whole cake arc, them getting to know the people, everyone else is there like, okay, we just come in, get the um, get the goddamn poneglyph, and then bump out. But then you have it to where there's dissatisfaction with the crew because a couple of them got friends and close with a lot of the people. And then Luffy and the rest of them are like, we understand, but I don't think we're prepared to fight one on the rest of them. And then you just have Momotaro and the rest of the samurai trying to convince them, but at the same time showcasing that they do have an army or a fighting force capable of going up against Kaido. It's just that now that they're able to rally the troops, we get to see them in action. And then upon that happening, we then get a different understanding from the Straw Hats who were like, well, we're pirates. We're not fucking revolutionaries. So upon seeing that you actually have a force and like you're capable of doing all of this, this helps us with getting the Poneglyphs because we found out where you can get it. And then you guys are also able to take back your country. That would have been better. But then you don't need to have Luffy constantly push a moment to argue like, hey, although real men don't shed tears or 
don't cry or Momo, what is it that you want? I want to be the Damio or the Shogun or whatever. And it's like, this doesn't fucking matter to Luffy. Why does this matter to Luffy at all? What does this do for Luffy? And it's like, he's pushing this little kid, but it has no bearing on anything whatsoever. Ugh, so stupid. So unbelievably stupid. And so because of that, you just have a kid who essentially is thrust into the job that he's not prepared for because his father didn't do the fucking job and he doesn't know anything about the job because he's a little goddamn kid and then you're thrusting this job upon him and the reasoning behind that is simply because he's his father's son wouldn't it have been better wouldn't it have made wouldn't it have been cooler if momotaro would have um personally put down actually stepped down from the position upon them reclaiming um, wano like, because he also came up with the idea to not open up Wano's um, gates, but at the same time, he also stepped down a position because he felt that he wasn't prepared for the position, and then he gave it to someone else, who then chose to actually teach him in, in terms of actually becoming the ruler of um, Wano. No, 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 no. They didn't do that. No, he took the job. He They grew his ass up. He took the job. And then not only that, but it gives you the fucking subtext within... Um, the uh, fucking Wano arc that not only was Momotaro a great leader, but he was one of the best leaders Wano has ever had in their entire life. How the fuck is that possible? The kid don't know nothing. <laughs> Nigga barely been around the world, barely talked to anybody, barely seen anything, can't even do shit. And yet for some reason, I'm supposed to believe that he's going to be one of the greatest kings or one of the greatest rulers Wano has ever had. Get the fuck out of here not only were the samurais just completely unfucking reliable but all they've ever done is make momotaro do shit because that's what they were trying to do in penance for odin so why wasn't there never even a conflict essentially of him having an issue with them constantly trying to push him to do something when he's like i'm not my dad and it wasn't it was never there was a, a there was once a moment like that but it was only done under the guise that I'm not able to do it because I'm not my dad. Not, I don't want to do that because I'm not my dad. My dad would have done that. I'm not him. I'm doing this my way. Never have a moment like that, which would have been great. You would have did something like that. And it was like, hey, there's a lot more to Momo. And it's like, you, you're fine with this character. There's more things that you could add with him. He's a different kind of person. He's a different kind of guy. Hell, even when he gets older, they make his ass look like, um, they make him look like fucking Odin. And it's just so stupid. Ugh, the, the dumb ninja bitch even be crying about it. Like, ugh, so stupid. <laughs> it it's it was bad. Like what, what they did with him is bad. Like the concept of Momo has been bad. He's been this annoying little kid character throughout. All of um throughout since they shown them since the punk hazard con um arc and it, it's just been overblown and terrible with him so far uh, ever since really all right for my final there is just a piece on why the Wano arc is bad I told you I get to him I told you I get to him and I'm getting to him let's talk about Odin because Odin is only good when it's fried. Odin is the Mary Sue of One Piece. I dare you to tell me that that is not a perfect analogy for that fucking character. Odin 
is a terrible character. Odin was a stupid character. Odin is not only a key fucking figure into the Wano arc, but the nigga was actually there to see Laugh Tale. When Gold Roger became the king of the fucking pirates, Odin was there. Motherfucker, what? Maya Angelou couldn't have wrote it better. Maya and I rise Angelou couldn't have wrote that shit better. Odin is not only unreliable and a terrible leader, but the samurais were just so hell-bent on him becoming leader that none of them actually called into the question the fact that this nigga openly saw the terrible shit that was happening to Wano. He saw the fucking factories and shit like that, and he actively walked away from his goddamn island. Chose not to do anything with them because that shouldn't get in the way of his, his adventuring. Oh boy, Odin was a part of Whitebeard's crew. And rather than submitting and joining the crew like any other normal fucking crew member, oh no, Whitebeard offered this nigga to come on like a fucking brother. He became Whitebeard's little brother. Every other crewmate that has ever joined Whitebeard's crew has been a son, but this nigga, Odin, was a little brother. Why? Because he was just that fucking amazing. At what? I have no goddamn idea. Because all his vassals kept talking about it. The dude was a glorified fucking idiot. He ran around saying nothing, doing nothing. It just did the uh, unbelievable, abhorrently stupid shit. I don't believe that this is a self-insert of Ichida Oda. But it does fit. Considering that this character's name is Odin, Ichida Oda. And then he just gave him the lines that he gave him. And then he was such an integral figure to everything going on within Wano. And then upon the end of Wano, you find out that there's just so much information connecting all this other bullshit because it was always there in Wano. <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Upon coming at the end of the rope and getting towards the end of the series, maybe Odin was the character that Ichiroto was like, oh yeah, I'm about to do this shit. But God damn it. Odin was capable of cutting Kaido damaging him, being someone that Kaido was generally afraid of. Not only that, but Kaido respected the fuck out of this nigga. Orochi terrified of him. Orochi, another character that is unnecessary because he's the leader of, he's the, the ruler of fucking Wano. Nigga don't fight nobody. One of the biggest cop-outs I've ever seen in One Piece. Nigga don't fight nobody. He has the ability of a fucking Hydra. There's multiple people running around with swords. He doesn't fight anybody. God damn it. That just pissed me off on another level. <laughs> I just got angry at something else. But I digress. This nigga has been manipulating um, Odin's family for years and then rose up to power by manipulating and um, getting his dad to help him. Wants nothing but revenge against Odin's family because of what they did to them. And this is something that has never come into question. Orochi is just bad. Same thing with the, um, the redhead dude that betrayed the samurais. They're just bad. Why? Because they want to destroy Odin's family line and ruling Wano. But they never bring up why their families were persecuted by Odin's people. Never bring that up. That's never mentioned. They never talk about that. They should. It would be a wonderful piece to talk about. And then essentially you would have the discussion of both either Momo or Odin himself going, I'm not my family. I did things different. I didn't know that that happened to you and I apologize, but I don't care. I'm evil. There you go. 
that's some type of some type of concept of of a want or a need or a, or a sense of a villain or some type of argument that could be laid to give some layers towards these characters. No, your family persecuted my family and I just managed to survive. So I just want revenge. And I want to destroy all of Wano because they were happy that my family got wiped out. Why was your family wiped out? What did you do? <laughs> Why is everyone okay with this? What and it went and then even if you were to go, well, you need to know in order for you to do it, which is a staple in One Piece. I'm familiar with it, but essentially, why? What would be the negative upon doing that for such a character when essentially that can actually be easily added on to the character's either psychosis or their reasoning and logic? So what if he actively knows why his family was persecuted? They did some heinous shit and they were persecuted and wiped out, but to him, he could give two fucks because that's just what they did. He's cool with that, but the fact that they got wiped out because of it, oh, that's a problem. That would have added layers to Orochi. That would have made Orochi a pretty, pretty cool villain for me. Nope, not at all. Just another fucking group of samurais getting wiped out and everybody cheering for it for some fucking reason. How the fuck does that even make any sense? Then you literally have two random motherfuckers come out of nowhere and tell him, we're going to help you rise up into power because why the fuck not? What do we... What else are we doing? Nothing. We just met this random hobo kid on the side of the road. God damn it, I hate a Wano. So stupid. So fucking stupid. But Odin essentially was a nothing of a character. He just meant so much to the samurai, to the vassals, the little vassal people that served him. Everything that he did was just amazing in their eyes. And then all he ever wanted to do was leave Wano an adventure. So then he did that. Then upon coming back to Wano, all he wanted to do was to protect it. But the problem is that Wano got taken over while he was fucking gone. So he couldn't have his cake and eat it too. But then he actively kept returning to Wano when he could have done something. And he chose to not care. You do not feel, you should not feel sympathy for such a character. You just sit there and get angry at such a character. Because that is a stupid character concept. Very stupid especially when you're going to have this character come back and then sit there and do shit in the wake of, this is actually for the people, but I'm not going to tell anybody because, <laughs> you know, I want to sit there and pretend that this is actually going to be deep or something like that, or that this is actually going to be something where upon its revelation, the people then will be like, wait a minute, we were mocking this guy, but this guy was trying to help us this whole time. Oh no, I feel bad. What the fuck does that do? You've done that with so many characters already. Why would you do that again? Not only that, but it doesn't work here. This nigga wasn't a good person. He actively abandoned this island. He abandoned the island to fulfill his own selfish needs multiple times. And then upon coming back and seeing that the bad shit happened, he then decided to do something. And then he was subsequently... And then he essentially was um, knocked some sense into him by some actual real motherfuckers to let him know, guess what, bitch? This shit is real. Now, I don't remember how it looked in the manga, but in the anime, it showed that they had hostages when um, Odin tried to confront Kaido and Orochi. And the thing is, is that Odin then made the deal that he made in order to um, embarrass himself for months on end in order to release the people um, that were held hostage. And then upon the time and the deal being up, they didn't do it because 
fuck him <laughs> because duh. And then they had already um, amassed enough power to where they definitely were not going to have to worry about Odin doing anything. And essentially, none of that made sense that he would keep everyone else in the dark about it to the point where his vassals essentially were um, um, unbelievably upset at him. And then the people just constantly kept ridiculing and mocking him. Now, like I said, in the manga, I don't remember how they looked. But in the anime, the people that they had as hostages only had their face and mouths covered. Their ears were open. They could hear the conversation. And then later on when Odin was dying and then they got revealed why he was doing the things he was doing in terms of helping out the people, those people went, oh, that was him? And then I was blown away because it showed the flashback because, you know, they had to stretch out time because they kept adding in as much fill as they could. They showed the conversation again when those people were tied up. And then upon showing it again, I was like, again, their ears aren't covered. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> That's a small little faux pas on my part, but you understand what I mean. It didn't make sense. Odin's concept, his story, his backstory, it was done in a way to sit there and try to fill you in on more shit that Gold Roger did. But Odin himself was a dumb character. He was a stupid character. It did not need to introduce him in order to do the Gold Roger shit. They, I understand the fact that they needed someone to connect Wano with the shit that took place with Go Roger if they were going to do such a thing. But with Odin, it was just unbelievably stupid. Hell, the motherfucker could read poneglyphs. Shit. He could read poneglyphs. And he just he just could because it was a thing that they did on Wano. They just, yeah, we could read poneglyphs. I, I learned from Wano. It's, a, it's an ancient thing that's also on Wano because Wano is the key to everything. God damn it, man. So unbelievably fucking stupid. Now, to me, there was absolutely no difference between fucking Ray, no last name from Star Wars, and Odin. They are the exact same fucking character. The exact same. Even to the point where multitude of things that Luffy does is shown to Kaido as a symbolism of Odin being reborn. And him seeing him all over again, which undermines everything Luffy does when he's going against Kaido. Luffy ain't Odin. Luffy don't know Odin. Luffy don't care about Odin. Why do they keep trying to make them similar? Or at least give it to where what Kaido is facing is the same thing. That doesn't make sense. Kaido has fought a multitude of fucking people already. The fact that this man wants to sit there and get beaten, this is the same thing with like Hisoka from uh, Hunter x Hunter, because it's like, you can say these things, but they don't make sense within the world that you live in when other strong characters are actively known, right? So to sit there and go, I want to fight a strong opponent that's capable of beating me, yet you hide in a certain island surrounded by a bunch of fucking weapons and everything, that's not the same as if you was to actively go out and fight these niggas, right? So for the most part, we do know that he was battling Shanks and Whitebeard and whatnot, but Kaido was still doing shit when Gold Roger was around. Why wasn't he after him? You know, why wasn't he doing anything to him? Why go through so many um, devious means of taking over Wano if your end goal was just to, like, get your ass kicked? Like, you just really wanted a really good and enjoyable fight. These, these things don't make any sense. You could have been going after Whitebeard or something like that. Even if you didn't go after Go Roger, why didn't you go after Whitebeard? Something, right? 
And it's like, like with Hisoka on Hunter x Hunter, the motherfucker wants to fight strong people, yet Killer's family is a known family. Um, the leader of the Hunter Association, everyone knows where that guy's at. Other members of the Hunter Association, they know these people by name and face. You can easily find them. And then, like, he was in the little Phantom Troop thing. You could have fought any of them, but you didn't. You, you just didn't. But you want Gone and Killer to, to ripen so you can fight them when you want to fight. Just shut the fuck up. You're not a character who wants to fight strong people. You're a character that someone invented and they created and they gave a systematically lame aspect on in terms of character development or a character's concept. And then they didn't think their entire world through. So if you want to have a character who's look actively looking for strong people and is waiting for someone to kick his ass, he needs to be the strongest fucking person out there. Why isn't Kaido going after the Revolutionary Army then? Dragon's the most wanted man in the world. Even more so than Kaido. So what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just uh, Mihawk, strongest swordsman. No one is beating this guy. Why don't you go fight him? <laughs> the fuck? It's just nonsense, man. It's such nonsense. And and you have no idea how unbelievably stupid it is. Luffy's my favorite character in One Piece. Why? I, I runs with the main character. That's that's my, my credo, my code. I likes to runs with the main character. If I don't fucks with the main character, I don't think I should be fucksing with you. Fucks? <laughs> fucksing? Hansel? <laughs> Hansel? Hansel? <laughs> but Luffy's my favorite character. Luffy is my favorite character, and I get so deterred. Yes, I said that word. Whenever they keep comparing this nigga to Odin, because he's not Odin. Not only is like he's not Odin, and then he doesn't know Odin. So to constantly see so many other characters who are irrelevant constantly put this nigga on the same pedestal as this guy that they hold in the highest fucking regards is stupid. Because it's not that they're looking at Luffy as someone who, damn, this guy is amazing. They're looking at him like, wow, this guy is just like the guy that we really like. <laughs> that we'll never forget. And instead of just being like, wow, Luffy doing the damn thing in a way only Luffy could do. It's no, boy, you remind me so much of Odin. I'm not Odin. I'm Luffy. And it's just so, so terrible. God is terrible. Ugh. Yeah, I'm done. I'm finally done. I've, I've gone through the list. That's all that I wrote down for this. And I think I feel better. I think I feel better now that I got that finally off my chest. Like Pontius Pilate. I wash my hands of this nonsense. <laughs> I'm glad I'm done with the Wano arc. Uh, I still watch the anime. I still skip through. Like I said, like I said, I basically watched like nine minutes worth of content. Um, there's still a bunch of fights that are coming up that are going to be pretty cool. Um, you got King versus Zoro, which I don't like because of all the exposition. There's so much talking when King and Zoro fight, um, which is terrible. But you do have Luffy going into Gear Five. Um, which I'm more so interested into seeing being animated uh, more than anything else because Luffy does cartoon shit. And so I want to see how that translates over with Japanese animation. And 
that'll be interesting. That'll be pretty cool to see. But other than that, those are just small moments and small segments of Wano that essentially are things that I might either want to see or I might enjoy. Hell, when Luffy got knocked the fuck out the second time by Kaido when they were fighting on um, in Wano on the anime, that was a good-ass fight scene. Short and sweet, but perfect. Perfectly um, showcasing exactly how Kaido felt, what he did, and then the monologue that he gave after Luffy was gone was fantastic. Didn't even know he knocked his ass off the island till it was too fucking late. Totally forgot that he did that after I read the manga. So it was perfect. But that doesn't make up for the bullshit that is the Wano arc. So, I, boy, it's coming down out there. That's just terrible. So I bid you peoples adieu. I'm glad you allowed me to get this off my chest. I'm glad you said, if you sat there long enough to hear all of this, I appreciate it and I thank you. More content coming later on. I always upload whenever I can, but you be for damn sure sure to see me do more shit during this year because there's a lot of things to talk about. So much, so much, so much. But I just really wanted to talk about that arc. That I gave them far more detailed concept as to why I dislike the Wano arc rather than the typical things that people don't like. Because a majority of things from when it comes to the One Piece lovers, they just sit there and hear people boil down a broad stroke of One Piece, which essentially can easily be just concluded as, well, you obviously just don't like One Piece. And that generally be the interpretation that I come with as well. And it's like, yeah, you just don't like One Piece. It's not actual good reasons for, for it to be considered bad. You just don't like One Piece. I hope that I actually gave a considerable justification as to why I find this arc in particular to be in the negatives. Um, I do still like One Piece. I am still enjoying it. I still read it, still watch it. Didn't want anyone to feel that I'm like a hater or anything like that, I'm not a contrarian. I do like One Piece. I just think that this arc in particular has got to be the worst arc that has ever been comprised in One Piece. It is lazy, it is uninspiring, it is pathetic. Hell, even the introduction of, oh shit, I didn't even get into that. Uh, I guess I'll get into it one like after Fifth Gear is showcased, I might do a thing talking about it. But I think Fifth Gear was pathetic. I think that was a terrible, terrible addition to everything going on. And it easily could have been saved for later. But even the concept of it and what they did for it, it was literally just like in a typical shonen fashion, the main character getting a power up at the wee hours of the night during a battle and whatnot, when realistically a far more advanced or far more congruent version of the fourth gear, which we have seen go through transitions up until this point, would have been a far better use of what Luffy's been going through. Literally, he's been training. So like a fucking hockey-covered fourth gear, wouldn't that have been pretty? But instead, we get fifth gear, just completely undermining the whole thing, and then he's just Gohan and Super Saiyan 2 in the cell. To Luffy was Gohan Super Saiyan 2, Kaido was cell. No, no chance whatsoever. That's that's all we got. So, like I said, don't I don't like Wano. I never will like Wano. And I just find it completely shit. I'm so glad that the manga's over with it. And now with the anime, I just got certain fights to look forward to. But this has been another episode of Fun with Flame. I've been your host, Danny the Flame. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I enjoyed speaking to you. Um, share this with whomever, tell whoever, bring this up in conversations with people who like One Piece and let them know there are people out there who care. 
who look at this shit and go, no, Milo. And I hope you have fun.